Welcome to the Abundance Matrix Underground Podcast. Get ready to go behind the scenes with Amanda Flaker and listen in on private conversations she's had with powerful creators who are building the new world, as well as her thoughts on the Abundance Matrix. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Abundance Matrix Underground Podcast. I'm sitting here in my office right now. It's the room in my house that gets the most light, which I love, but it also gets really hot in here. So I had to open my window, plus it's glorious outside. And I say all that because I live next to a railroad track, and even when my window's closed, you can hear trains when they go by. So I have a different mic, which will hopefully help my, like, um muted a little bit but if a train comes by just consider this like asmr style (laughs) podcast hopefully some cool birds will show up too i just heard a bird chirping out there i can't even tell you how lovely it is to have spring i don't know where you guys are in the world but uh where i am it's spring and it's been beautiful not super hot yet but just trees are starting to bloom and wildflowers or little blossoms are starting to come up and birds are chirping new birds are coming back and it just feels like I almost feel like 2022 is just starting I've heard a lot of people say this like this feeling of like oh my gosh it just it doesn't even feel like we've started a new year yet it's just starting to feel like okay okay now we're like we're moving into 2022 there's been this this lag energy that feels it can feel very heavy and it's actually connected to what I wanted to talk about today. I have several conversations that are lined up for me to release and I've I've just been at a such a pause, a pause of discernment really. It's like I'm I'm being slowed down and I and I'm being asked to stop. I think so many of us are to pause and make sure that we are truly witnessing and getting the data about what's going on right now. And what I mean by that is not what's going on in the world, not what's going on out there, because there's an infinite amount of interpretations of that, but more specifically, what's going on within you, what's going on within me, what's going on in our central nervous system. Because this is where the signal is admitted from. And if we want to shift the course collectively that the world is going, we have to shift the course individually that that our energy and attention is going. It's an individual process and it begins so subjectively within and for, for the most part, those of you who listen to me and follow me, and especially right now since I've, I've gone so like cloaked, if you're listening to this, I know you're probably either someone ref- sent you this podcast or you've been following me for a while and you are most likely do some sort of um, healing work or work on people in some way, maybe therapy or an artist in some way. A lot of entrepreneurs specifically is, is what I've been speaking to for a while now. And, and the messages that I keep hearing for myself and like at the, the deepest part of, of my structure, like I don't even know how to explain where this is coming from, but this feels so important. 
and it has to do with how highly sensitive, empathic, multidimensional people, multisensory people, specifically right now, our adjustment, our pivot towards our preference. Rachel Jensen gave me that word pivot and it just, it's so perfect. I've been talking about moving towards my preference, moving just and making those subtle adjustments, those subtle shifts. And she was like, you pivoted, pivot towards your preference. It's just exactly it. Pivot is the perfect word because it's a subtle shift and it's, it requires slowing down and getting the data, really witnessing not taking action. And that is an anomaly in and of itself because the collective, the collective algorithm is very much like take action now, do it now, do it or else, make the right decision. There's all these pending, doom pending factors and it doesn't matter whether you come from a religious background or not. There's every narrative has this doom energy behind it, this Armageddon energy behind it. If we don't do this, these horrible things are going to happen. And and it's all valid. But what is happening in the, the central nervous system of humanity is it's getting completely overla- overloaded and overstimulated. And particularly the people who are extremely highly sensitive and empathic, there are these surges of collective energy that when you're sensitive, it's so easy to pick up on. And that's difficult even when there's not these strong, polarizing, collective flows of energy. What's fascinating to me about what's going on is it seems as if we're so divided. But if you were to look at each quote-unquote side that that is being polarized, the same energy mechanism is at work. The exact same micro and on a micro level, the exact same types of transmutation is taking place. And people are essentially triggered and responding from trauma, regardless of what they believe or why they believe it. It's, that's not the point. The actual deeper data to get is what's going on in our central nervous system because everything comes from that. When we're calm, we know this, when we're calm, we are more likely to be to have clarity, to be open to see things clearly when we're deeply triggered and coming from our trauma we see things through the lens of our trauma so everything we interpret is through that lens and it's important because it's in our own psychology in the narrative that we believe that that determines our reality regardless of whether or not it's objectively true for anybody else or regardless of or whether or not anyone believes you or sees it the way you see it, it's still your reality. And this is why working at the the deepest levels of our central nervous system where our trauma is imprinted, which has created patterns, I call them fault lines, patterns of how energy flows that often just continually repeats trauma over and over. And it's attempting to show us, like, that I, I believe at a deep level, we are meant to receive. And I've been saying this recently a lot, but I find it fascinating how collectively the, the overriding dominant energy towards any 
towards healing because ultimately all the problems in the world are a result of trauma. Humanity is in deep need of restoration. The planet is in deep need of restoration. So when we need restoration at a deep level, that stance is on the receiving side, not the doing side. And we're in this hypervigilant war about who's doing enough and who's doing it right and who's earning their keep and who's proving their worth because only those people are valid. And then there's, you know, an infinite amount of opinions about what makes us worthy or not worthy. And what I want to wrap around to here is that this subtle psychological war that that's taking place has a a very specific origin in you in your central nervous system where where you get triggered into sides or into the war vibration has to do with original trauma that happened in your life and anytime we're triggered this is why i always say it's a gold mine triggers are a blessing because they lead to fault lines they show us where we were originally imprinted with trauma which leads to gold mines because if we can see where we were originally imprinted with trauma and we can meet the need that was not met which was not being witnessed because all trauma the core of all trauma is not being seen not being understood not being witnessed not being validated because we are relational to our core witness is essential for our expansion and growth so essentially that if you break it down to the most simple thing that's happening right now is trauma is coming to the surface to be witnessed and we're going to war over who's responsible for the trauma or who should pay or who's worthy to receive healing and who's who shouldn't receive healing which is the very energy that continues to reinforce the trauma, reinforce the pattern of trauma. And that's why uh, if you've listened to some of the um, podcasts I've done with Rachel Jensen, she talks about that being the extinction program, that that energy leads us to extinction. It, it breaks down the body. It gets us out of, it, it causes autoimmune issues because essentially we are divided within ourselves. We are at war within ourselves. And that's why integration means that we include all that we are. And the very truth of the matter is, is we're all different. And we, we, all, have, we, are, we all have similar uh, capabilities and potentials, but all of us, based on our experience, based on our choices, based on our DNA, based on our lineage, based on our programming, we all have different levels to work with about where we are. We all have a different equation, put it that way. It has nothing to do with levels. And so restoration can only happen. There's not a solution out there, a one-size-fix-all solution for everybody that's going to solve all the world problems because the equation when you get to the molecular level, when you get to the micro it's so specific. It's so unique to you. 
And it's so directly connected to your unique fault line, your unique trauma patterns, your unique breathing, (laughs) all of it. It's so central to you. And that is why if we give ourselves permission to go inward at a time and and choose peace, choose choose relaxation so the body can receive, so we can get clarity because we want healing. Collectively, the dominant vibration is a yes for restoration. Collectively, the dominant vibration is a yes for miracles. It's ripe for miracles right now. People are craving anomaly because the mimic program has made itself so, it's exposed itself so obviously, especially to those, those of us who, have, who are tuned in to the deeper subtleties and nuances of narrative and story and, and, and how that can be manipulated. So it, it's, it's, there's, there's enough people that see through the mimic program that we are awake enough to respond to our deeper urge, which has to do with, it's deeply relational, first and foremost, and I've said this multiple times, it, we're also creative and our heart, our, I, I believe life is ultimately good. I, I don't, I mean, it's not about whether something's good or bad, but I think that this, we hold back our power because we're afraid of it being wrong or bad and therefore being punished for it. And that it's so deep in our, in our programming, the reward punishment system and the fact that we need to earn and we owe the, the earn owe paradigm. That's the thing that we are transmuting inside of us. And, and it's where we have to wrestle with all the nuances and it's where spirit will not let us continue to be oblivious to the things that we're afraid to look at. And I, I keep talking about witness. Witness feels to me like it's the most potent anomaly we can enact right now. Witness, not judgment. Witness. Because every single human being, in order for us to heal as a species and as a planet, we need to be witnessed. And we can't witness through the eye of judgment. It's a different energy. Witness implies that we're objective enough to see. How do I even want to say this? With wisdom and discernment. And to have discernment, we have to be able to see within context. And that requires remembering that not everybody is where we are or sees things the way we see them or have had the same experiences that we have. For a lot of us, especially those of us who resonate with this kind of stuff, a lot of times we are not used to anyone really relating to us. So... The deeper message that I am wanting to bring through here, it's something that I've been learning at, at, I'm at a a level that has shooken my soul, shaken my soul, is discernment and why it is so essential 
for everybody, but especially those of us who are highly sensitive and empathic and tend to be easily influenced by energy around us because we so often get taken over by other people's agendas, other people's motivations, other people's passions, other people's feelings. And and when we haven't, I think a lot of us have done a tremendous amount of work in understanding like what's ours and what's other people's or just not taking, not feeling responsible for everybody. And I also think a deeper level of what we are decoding is the ability to discern our preference from other people's preferences or from the um, hypervigilant impetus to fix or save or protect people from feeling uncomfortable or from having something bad happen. And it's, it's that whole lesson of it's time for you, it's time for us to step out of the way and let the cards fall where they may. It's essential so it's particularly the people who have tend to be in the savior role and tend to want to rescue and fix and solve so that other people don't have to do it or the other people don't have to hurt. It's particularly these people, when you step back, when we step back, then we get out of the way and things miraculously take place and... Because we are in need of deep restoration, I believe, on a psychic level. We're getting psychically refined and, in my, from my perspective, purified by the, the light of truth. And, and truth is deeply, deeply personal. And just as our relationship with God or source or the universe or whatever you want to call it, that which is bigger than us and that we know we, we come from, that relationship is personal. And the more personal it becomes, the more intimate it becomes, the more trusting it becomes, the more we learn how to move and dance with that. It's that it's not just something that wants to control us. It's something that wants to relate to us and have relationship with us. I talk about it a lot, but it's where we we shift from having a sort of vertical perspective of of God, like we work our way up to being worthy to have communion with God to a more horizontal relationship with God or with source or with life, which is it's relational and it's it's built on mutual respect and consent matters. It matters to, when we're in a, that type of relationship to power, a relationship of trust, a relationship of um, mutual respect, it requires consent and it requires being able to speak your preference, to own your preference and to say it out loud, what you prefer, what you want, what you desire, what you love. And just like in a relationship, it's, that's, that's where all the deeper, more meaningful life is sprung from or, or experiences of life. When, when, we, when we get into the minutiae of it all, that deep, dark, fertile soil of our human potential. And 
that's when we get, it's, it's in the deeper intimacy of relationships when we get out of who's right and who's wrong and getting behind banners and slogans and labels and all of that goes away and you just see the soul and, and the, the souls are relating to each other and, and there's a reality to that that is often not directly felt or experienced because we have fear, guilt, and shame that hold us back from it. Mostly, especially when we're at the level of just almost allowing spirit to come through, receiving it, allowing the orgasm, allowing the bliss, allowing the pleasure, especially in the deeper, more subtle, private levels where you've not let people in before. It's deeply psychic. It's deeply psychic. And what I've realized in the last I would say the last three years as all this, all everything, all the algorithms have shifted and we've been experiencing massive anomalies and, and global triggers to open up the wound, to open up the heart so that we could feel again and become so awake in our heart that we can't not feel. And be, from that space, we can't be fake. It, 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 it's like the mimic program just dissolves and the soul's there. And to get to, to be alive at the level of the soul and the fire in the soul, the burn, the passion, the desire, that's where everything is born from. It's that spark. It's that, that spark that is inside of us that lights us up and that attracts things and moves things and consumes things. And I believe that the more honed in, I keep saying this, the more honed in we get to our preferences there at the soul level, the fire in the belly that's beyond wanting something because you think it'll get you something that you actually do want. But it's just at the soul level, which just desire, it's passion, it's urge. It's fire. There. Getting there, witnessing ourselves long enough to get here to the soul and then urge from there, prefer from there, find your preference. I think even getting to the soul is through pivoting to our preference. Pivoting to our preference, the the deeper preferences, the preferences that have nothing to do with pleasing anybody. Nothing to do with pleasing anybody. The preferences that are deeply just privately yours and that come from you don't know where, but they just spring up. They're not informed to you. They're not told to you to, to have that preference or else feel this way or else, think this way or else. They're the ones that come from, they just are. That's the level of fire that will transmute the trauma on this planet. And that's why the anomaly is, especially for those of you who've considered yourself healers and who've done that kind of work where you've worked on the transmuting level, It's the identity space that is shifting for you because the anomaly for you is you're stepping back and receiving. It's it's time for you to receive the healing, the deepest levels of healing, which is not about 
this is the other side of the trauma. It's where the bliss comes in, the joy comes in, the incredible soul orgasm that creates new worlds. That kind of that kind of receiving. And it's primal. I think of a woman giving birth. I've been watching more recently um, home births and just like so much was lost in terms of women being able to be primal when, when, when the industry was taken over by doctors and men and the women were taken out and, and, and actually killed, which is, astonishes me that we don't talk about this, astonishes me. That when midwives were primarily the ones delivering and specifically the wisdom that they had and the intuitive nature to let a woman be primal when she is giving birth, that level of being primal is connected to orgasmic births. That's something that somewhere on the line got shamed. Uh, Even as I'm talking about it, I'm feeling an umbilical cord like ripped out too fast or something it's like inhumanity ripped away that and that's the trauma like not receiving where you needed to receive not being seen or witnessed or heard or like had the space there's something about creating space and it's that we we will never get to our primal instincts if we limit our preference to please other people if we numb our preference out so that we can be good or right it has we the our primal nature has nothing to do with that when life is born and when death occurs it is not about right or wrong it's primal nature and there's something about that that is getting reawoken in us at and i i feel it in these like subtle, subtle, subtle psychic fractal hairlines where highly sensitive, incredibly gifted people that the rest of the world, we've never even like validated on any level other than maybe mock slightly. And, and I, I think that there's, there's more seriousness and more allowance coming for it now but there's something about the the people i keep wanting to say women and there's something about women specifically and the primal nature of it the primal nature of giving birth and and the energy of women like i'm i'm speaking of energies here and it's important to know that because i i believe the energy or the essence or the spirit of the primal woman the primal female i don't know the right word that would capture it but the the primal essence of that receiving nature is urging powerfully and as it urges powerfully it shakes timelines literally fucking shakes the foundation of the timelines that would otherwise have taken place because of the mimic program but the primal urge of the mother is awake and alive And that is what will birth the future of humanity. There's something in the primal psychic instincts of highly sensitive creative people. And I've I've said this before, I think I said it in a couple podcasts ago, but... For me, when Rachel Jensen and I did Gen Magic, she she joined me on my second 
sort of beta test of it. And she brought in the concept of urge. I knew when she was telling me about urge, she'd been working, she's been working on her own course on urge for a while. And when she was telling me about urge, I'm like, that was essentially what I was wanting to get at with Jen, the first beta test I did of Jen, which is this concept of our desire. I was using the word desire gets trapped within us and it gets enslaved to do the bidding of lack. So we only, it only gets awoken when something else stimulates it from the outside because we're not awake to our own desire. Like our own desire is not turned on enough to fuel our own creation. So we just serve others. And Rachel in, in Gen Magic, in our version that we did together, she introduces the concept of urge. It's our first module in it, the first spell. And one of the things that she teaches about urge is getting primal, is one of the ways to get in connection and communion with your urge. And for me, I, I, I sort of intuitively or gutturally felt, viscerally is the word, viscerally could feel the word primal. Something that Rachel's very gifted at is words, specific words that, that change it, bringing primal in, bringing um, pivot into pivot to your preference, things like that. Um, but when she would talk about getting primal, I could feel it viscerally, but it, it didn't translate act in an act in like a, a, a log. How do I want to say this? It wouldn't translate in a way that would cause me to give permission mentally for myself to do it. That sounds weird, but that that's the mechanism that was taking place. And I realized through so much work and specifically using, I don't even want to say work. I want to say so much pivoting and specifically choosing anomaly, which is something that we talk, we introduce in Jen as well and choosing anomaly, which triggers your fault lines because it scrambles the algorithms, which shows you where exactly it helps you get to the core of where your deepest res, your deepest um, program is resonating. And so something about tuning in primally, I realized I had all this psychic energy spread all over. I'm, I'm all over. And it was honed in on, I feel like, what I realized is the more I chose, this feels important because I know a lot of you listening have these similar gifts and I've never articulated this before because most of this just is happening in my own world and there's very few people who, who really can converse at this level, um, at least in my reality. There's a lot of people actually, but in, in my reality, I have like a select few people that can even understand what I'm talking about. Um, so essentially i felt like okay i the more i choose psychically my preference the more i would call my energy felt like it was being called back to me and so i just would continue to pivot towards my preference psychically like in the sense of what becoming a lot more discerning about what i was picking up on and this is a place where I feel like discernment isn't taught. I, I grew up Christian. I didn't, I've heard the word and I, there's ways that people say it and talk about it, but I never learned what, how do you develop your discernment? And in the secular world, I know I did feel like I did learn how to develop critical thinking and that helped a lot, but I didn't learn how to develop discernment because they don't include the spirit. The secular world acts as if like consciousness, that part of it doesn't exist. And so it, it focuses heavily on the mind. 
And so I had to find a place where, okay, I, I spiritually understand. I have enough like spiritual openness to understand what discernment feels like viscerally. And I have enough critical thinking skills now, which were underdeveloped because of my religious background. I have enough critical thinking skills now to look at things much more critically and be able to see through manipulation. And so what does that look like married together? And this is the space where I, what's come to me is most people don't talk about this because it has to do with our psychic preference. It has to do with what we are psychically priming. Rachel also came up with that word priming. Astrally prepping is what I've said in the past when we like invest in our astral real estate like where we we choose like where do I want to live psychically and we begin to put our energy there like that's the 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 space we we think within and that's why for me it was I want to live in abundance I want to what does that even look like what does that feel like okay well I know that ease is at the center of abundance I know that ease is essential to feeling abundant so it starts shifting my resonance and that's that to me is what astral priming is it's like hey what is psychologically first of all what landscape am i what rules am i working with in terms of belief because our beliefs create our reality so what's the primary belief of this reality well i believe there's enough and i also know that the reality of not exa- not enough exists so i'm not saying there's enough and that's it i'm saying at the center of my being there's enough because I have access to source, I have access to God, I have access to all things. And I'm enough because I'm here and I'm worthy to be here because I'm here. So there's something about astral priming or astrally prepping things that it it redirects our psychic energy and this is the space I feel like most people don't realize they have a preference. We just feel and think and live and play out within other people's thought structures. Which it, with within other people's belief systems is another way to say it. So because their lim- because our parents believe this and their limitations were whatever they were because of their experiences, then we live in those thought realms until we break free from them. Until we challenge them. Wait, that hasn't been my experience. So why am I believing that? That was their experience. It's a valid experience, but it's not the only experience. And and this level of work is important because this is where we also discover. Ta-da! That a multitude, an infinite amount of narratives and realities exist. As many people as there are on the planet, there's as many narratives and perspectives. And we keep trying to like commit every human being on the planet to one thought strut, like one narrative. And it's it's why I think it's why this new magical phrase has come up called gaslighting. Because that's essentially what it is, is denying that there's other realities. Yours is the only one that exists. And it's a defense mechanism when we're scared because it can be psychically terrifying. It's psychically terrifying to realize that the bubble that you've lived in, and I'm telling you from experience, is not the only reality. And that there's other powers and other people and other principalities and other ways of being that are totally different than yours. And then the question becomes, how do you, how do you, how do you interact with that? And what, what is the etiquette of dealing with other quote unquote gods? Because we all create our own reality. We all create our own beliefs. And 
I do believe there's an ultimate reality that we all are experiencing and that's the reality of being human. And that's where we actually can relate and be for each other regardless of how diverse our experiences or beliefs or programming or opinions are. This is such nuanced territory and the people that are going to bring the language and the structure and the the art and the creativity that will invite more people into living into this space are the people that can feel deeply into nuance and subtleties and can do it from a, a place where they can validate all realities and all perspectives and hold strongly down their urge, their power, their, their, their passion, their relationship with life itself. That models what being a human is. It models owning your will. Because when, we're, when we believe we have to change the external world in order for things to change, and then we totally neglect the internal world, that's when we just continue to react from a trauma, a trauma response, a triggered war response, and we don't actually experience healing. There's a train coming by. It'll be interesting to listen back and see how loud it, how loud it came through with my window cracked. My window's not even all the way open. But the air feels so nice. Whew. That, like, I just had a time warp when that train went by. I've, um, I've ridden on the train in Europe multiple times, but in, in America, I've only been on a train once. And it, I took a train from Portland to, no, from um, Sacramento to Portland. And it was stunningly beautiful, but I just literally had a complete visceral. I was right back. At, I was right back there, like, viscerally. That was weird. It was like a time jump. Um, I wonder sometimes when we're traveling, like at high speeds, if we are traveling fast through timelines, like I wonder that because there is something about actual movement. Anyway, that's a nerdy like sideline, but, um, all the way back, I want to, I want to end this soon because I think I've been talking for a while, but I, all the way back to preference, psychic preference, psychic sensitivities, why they matter, why it's, why like, even though you may psychically want to solve the world's problems or use your gifts to fix something or to try to make something in the external change and I think that's why hexing is is big right now it's like it's it used to be considered sort of not in trend and it it is now um but regardless I think that it, it's all stemming or praying strongly for people because for me, I've, I've said it before, but I think even prayer warriors, and this is more the background that the background that I've come from, but it can, it's the same energy. It's trying to evoke your will in the X. It can be the same energy because people can try to pray their will on you or they project through their prayers, their war vibe, and they don't even realize they're doing it and they're using prayer as a vehicle to do it, but it's the same thing as hexing. So that's, that has, that's the psychological warfare that we're in. And when you're highly sensitive, there's something about, there's so much preemptive work that can be done when we just choose our psychic preference because we wouldn't even be a match to it. Because when you're awake enough to realize that's nonsensical because it doesn't actually get what you want and it, it actually exacerbates the, it might temporarily relieve a symptom and that's what I was talking about earlier. I think I was talking about it. I've I've done so many recordings recently that I was just recording for a class too. But I was talking about how we often approach um, 
healing from like being very aggressive, attacking it, going to war with it. Like I've talked about, we go war on cancer, war on drugs, war, war, war on addiction. But the addiction, the only way to reverse the energy of the of addiction is through deep, deep receiving and, and deep witness and deep communion and, and, and deep intimacy. And we, it's like almost impossible to have the levels of communion that, that would actually heal us on a cellular level, on a collective psychic level, which is where we need to be healed is in our psychological realms. We need to be awake to the fact that we're even psychic. But when, in order to even be a match to the potential of a miraculous collective healing, which I do think regardless of what we're fighting for, we're all saying we want people to feel better. We want things to feel better. We want things to be better. We want to be validated. We want to be heard. We want to be understood. We want to be witnessed. And that's why I keep talking about the energy of witness. It's so essential. I, I believe witness is the anomaly to war. When we can witness long enough, witness, not judge, witness long enough to get the data of what is actually needed, then we begin to make choices that are in alignment with our thriving. But when we react and take action and speak words, which cre all creates realities, from, from a place of fear, from a place of woundedness, from a place of judgment, we exacerbate the energy of war, which is the very thing we're urging to heal. And so again, this has, this has to take place in a, a deeply personal, on a deeply personal level, at a deeply molecular psychic level too, because I say psychic because that's the realm of the mind and story and narrative, what we believe our beliefs create our reality. Our, we give authority. We give power to our beliefs. We give dominion to our beliefs because we act on them. We react from them. We speak from them. So examining our beliefs is important. Not because one relief is, belief is right and one belief is wrong, but because one, re, one belief has a certain effect and another belief has another effect. And we, believe it or not, our soul has a preference of which effect feels better and we have to know that we can take up preference there. What feels better to my soul? What do I want on a soul level? On a soul level. That And a soul level, we're talking on an eternal level. And that's why this whole concept of eternal heaven or eternal hell exists. Because we absolutely can create our own eternal hell by mimicking trauma over and over and over again and psychologically getting so indebted to it that we drive ourselves mad. We split the mind, which I believe is what happened. We already split. It, we already broke. We already blew up. We already hit worst case scenario. We already went extinct. That was one storyline based on the belief of lack that there wasn't enough and that we weren't eternal. So regardless of what part of the story, here's another train. Whew, hello, Sacramento. Like, I don't know why Sacramento's coming in so strong in Portland. Um, regardless of, of whatever part, wherever we are in, in the moment where we might be feeling some level of trauma, which has reactivated a storyline of lack, 
when we believe we're eternal and we believe that the nature of life is to restore itself and thrive and expand and heal and evolve and metamorphosize because life begets life begets life, then we begin to understand that the death process, quote unquote, is just different experience of, of renewing ourselves, of shedding a skin like the snake does. And that's the part we've just lost connection with is our, our, our primal cycles. And that's the memory of that is connected to the soul. And the soul is connected to, it's a deeper level of the story, the story. I've heard that, that's, I haven't like went and verified this, but I've heard people say that science says that, um, that we can scientifically prove that memory is connected, like DNA carries memory specifically, which makes sense because it's story. And, and when we get down to physical ailments, really at the core of them, at the essence of them, is a belief. And that's why it's the whole work. The whole work is about our beliefs. It's not about ideology. Because we can claim an ideology all day long. We can say we're this or that and claim these labels and get under a flag or a a banner. It doesn't have anything to do with our core beliefs, though. It might say a lot about what we want or what we are, where we are deeply triggered and wounded and therefore the deeper it gives us data where we feel like we align in a label. It gives us data of where we are, where we have trauma. And it also is irrelevant to what your core beliefs are. Because your core beliefs may or may not have anything to do with what you think want or think you want to believe or be and I think that's on some level what we're always at war with is our core beliefs because we won't witness ourselves enough to get the data to understand why we believe that and to create space witness creates space which allows the energy to dissipate to to move and be redistributed and used in a different way rather than blocked and obstructing other areas of our chi, of our flow, the flow of our creative energy. And, and this, it becomes so deeply personal and it's why I think the craft of being a creator, the craft is so essential. And I think there's a reason why there's been this war between like, speaking of labels, Christians and uh, people who, I don't know what you want to call it, practice the craft believe that that they have um, a creative will and that the universe or God wants to wants them to create because we are because we are made in the image of creators of a creator and I think that there's and, and not to say that everyone believes that who who practices the craft but I do think whether it's secular or religious, Humans as a whole, even science is catching up to this. We know that our thoughts create reality. So what I'm saying here, which may have literally got me hung and burned at the stake a hundred years ago, is something that science is, we know is actually true. It's just basic. It's self-evident. Let's put it that way. The, the, the deepest truths are so self-evident. They're so in our face that we it's like the thing we're the most oblivious to because we're so used it's just so it so is and 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 I think it's important here I, I've said it 
I've said it a few times recently in some of my other recordings, but I think that it's important that we understand we have a will and we have a creative preference and God wants us to enact that will and that creative preference. A discernment is is required here and this is where our unique soul comes into place. What makes us different from somebody else, somebody else and not different in a way that's bad or wrong, but different in a way that adds to the whole. It contrasts it just enough that it accents everything else. It somehow makes everything else shine better and more or just puts everything in its place. And it's that it's this kind of fine tuning and adjustment with our soul, with our creative will, with our creative preference and not demonizing that. The program that got in that caused us to miss the mark is the program that said we were wrong and bad to begin with. That what we are is wrong and bad. So it's the program that we're healing. And there's this, this is deeply connected to creative preference, psychic preference. And I guess the last thing I'll say, which is the thing I've been trying to say the whole time, and it's one, 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 of course. Well, my, my, my computer's on California time. It's, it's two eleven my time, but one, one, one California time. Hello, California. Um, this is, of course, when I'm recording it. Whenever, wherever you are, it'd be interesting what time it is right now for you. Um, what did I, okay, so the, the main thing I want to bring this back to, oh my gosh, this is so important. The people who are highly, psychically highly sensitive, highly intuitive, highly sensitive, um, honing your discernment. Also, everyone pretty much collectively has the fear vibration has been hit. Because no matter what you believe or what narrative you're looking at this whole thing through, there's still the story of, okay, guys, like, there's something going on that, and there's a problem that needs to be fixed. There's an issue that, if not given attention to, is, can have and has had and already did have, remember, we're immortal, um, exponential eternal consequences. So where are you on that timeline of waking up to, oh yeah, we already did this. This is where anomaly gets to happen. And so psychically speaking, I'm feeling like there's all these locks on people, like deep fucking locks that are holding their energy back. These psychic locks that's holding like our, our, our creative vision back where, where like actual visions would come, where we would see like where we, where where the priming that we've done, like suddenly we see the future. Like there's a point at which you've done the blueprint, you've mocked up the plans, and then it, no one knows what's happening until all of a sudden a structure starts getting built. But people have to see it first. Someone has to be inspired to even have the vision of the house to create the house that ends up in 3D form. So the vision matters. And I feel like what there's this block on creative vision and people who have, some people call it prophetic prophetic vision but the the when you truly your your creative technology and your soul's passion and your soul's urge gives you a vision for your future and it's personal to you this is like when god speaks to you personally the thing he has for you personally the name on the rock that's your the white rock or the white stone that's your name known only between you and god you and source, you and the goddess, you and the universe, all of it applies. It's, it's that personal, known only between you and the Trinity. 
body, mind, heart, self, others, planet. There's, there's a, there's a oneness aspect to this that is expressed in the diversity. And it's that nuance that we're getting reawoken to. And it is shaking the foundations of every principality and dominion that is rooted in darkness and in the, well, all of it, there's nothing wrong with dark, but it's in the dark in the sense it's not seen, but it's coming from the belief that there's not enough, we are not enough. So we are acting on and creating from that belief, which means what we create from that belief is more of lack, more not enough, more suffering, more trauma, which is the very thing we're saying we don't want. This is the thing we're waking up to. And it's creatively speaking, especially for those of you who are listening, because we're all in different places. We're all on different timelines. And everybody's, this, the energies that are present on the planet right now is going to wake everybody up to where, to the degree in which they're capable and ready to wake up right now. We're not all having the same experience. And, and that's okay. That part's okay. And, and so the permission that, that wants to come through is, is for you to take up your psychic creative sovereignty and, and start priming and tuning into and honing in on and adjusting to what you want. And that's a, a receptive and deeply intuitive feeling. Um, it's like imagine being deep, 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 deep in your body and sensation. Like when you're lightly caressing your skin or someone else's, lightly, lightly kissing you, lightly touching you. Imagine like the a feather sort of just lightly moving and awake, uh, opening up, um, arousing your spirit on the subtle levels, on the creative levels, on the artistic levels, on the, the, the nuanced stuff that comes from your primal creative art, your craft. And this is that permission. You have permission and your, your soul's asking for you to give permission for your craft and the craft that comes from, from that fire within you. That the soul level, and it's the part of you that remembers, you're awake enough to remember, this is eternal. Energy goes on and on, the stories go on and on, and you're going to like loop through whatever stories you want to loop through. And there's a point at which there's a visceral awareness of a different level of creation, a different level of relating to what is. A, lift, a different level of communing with the elements, communing with life. Think of communing with fodder, fire, water, air, earth. It, the word father wanted to come through there too. Fire, father, earth, mother, air, spirit, water, soul, water, consciousness. Water, DNA, water carries memory, water carries the story. So there's, there's something about water in this, like the, the, um, the psychic stimulation of water 
and and the priming of realities that feel good. Okay, so let me break it right down to the end of this. Is in your psychic preference, what does it feel good to even envision? What does it what what turns you on to to use your psychic vision to tune into? Because so many people's psychic vision has been used just for warfare, to spy essentially, to get data to try to preemptively Again, it's that whole like prevent something from happening, which we're actually just suppressing it more and more and more. And think of a the pressure under a fault line that the more it doesn't erupt, like the, the little earthquakes are actually preferable to have a lot of little micro earthquakes because then the pressure doesn't build and build and build that would potentially cause a massive earthquake. So there is something to psychic stimulation to where we stimulate our, the where our creative energy is trapped in these psychic realities that there's not enough, we're not enough. And so we're using our creative energy to create dystopic realities. And we're, we're, we're engaging with them and, and like we're, we're, we're just deeply in them. And it's not wrong, but there's a point at which like we numb out to our deeper creative urge. And I think that that is what there's a psychic stimulation going on in water and it matters that we become aware psychically that we are psychic it matters that we become aware of our psychic etiquette it matters that we get clear about what we want to tune into even like right in this moment what does it feel good to tune into i'm feeling this like violet water flame golden rainbow bubble like like that like that psychically turns me on and as soon as i allow myself to pivot towards that, regardless of where the energy was pulling me, everything in my psychic reality feels better. And my psychic reality begins to feel, I feel almost like it's interesting that this, the water is coming in because I'm almost feeling like being in water, like in, like how a baby must feel when it's in the womb. So, and to think about a womb is that protective energy so that we can grow and think of a chrysalis is that protective energy so that we can dissolve and then come back to life. And and these symbols are important for the codes that you're unlocking right now. So give yourself psychic permission to urge into the reality that you want to feel. Let yourself be psychically stimulated because how you psychically feel, how that how that water around you feels when you are moving towards your preference is completely different than how your reality feels when you're moving towards what you don't want. And what pulls us towards what we don't want is fear, guilt, and shame. It could, because it pulls our energy back. It's like being, it's almost like I'm seeing getting kind of pulled back down to hell after you're like almost out of this psychological torture. But remember, we're flipping. The way to get out is to get out of the vertical relationship with life. This power struggle, this um, uh, good, bad, right, wrong worthy unworthy because that's an ultimate eternal war and until and it's like we really are in that war we're either in like we're like at the hell version trying to work our way up to the heaven version and we think when we like have certain dominion and power now we get to have whatever we want but we're our roots are still in hell and that's our that's like the soul's story our roots are deep in hell and our branches are reaching up towards heaven and when we like wake up what happens is that our understanding of that story gets transmuted and and shifted to where 
that vertical relationship now becomes horizontal and we're relating to ourselves rather than like being at war with ourselves and we're integrating what we are rather than trying to cut off what we are and destroy it. So it's it's like in this minutia, this deep, deep, dark soil, fertile soil that we're building the new world. And these, the language for these types of conversations are urging to be formulated and that's why I'm speaking and that's why I love having conversations and yes I have lots of more conversations coming um, like I said I have some in the, that are already done I just haven't released them yet um, but I it's like I needed to get I want to stimulate you into your awareness of what you're psychically priming so I love you thank you guys for listening um, if you are interested in lit by the way which is all about witness and oh there's a couple things i wanted to say before i end this um i recorded for my email list i've been feeling these a lot of you who are public and and maybe adjusting your discernment about how public you want to be or work on people who are public And there's this like transition happening where you might be, you've been working on people who are public, but you might be being more public or you're public and going more behind the scenes and working with people who are public because there's all this wisdom you've gained from your experience. There's something about, and by the way, public can mean it doesn't have to be huge. It's just, there's all these micro levels of being public, but nonetheless, it affects us psychologically the same way, just to varying degrees depending on where our fault lines are. And there's this whole fault line of being public and then our privacy is one of the biggest sort of overlying um, energies that are getting triggered right now. And there's an important balance between privacy and public because privacy matters and our personal private even preferences and our, our soul's relationship with life is private. It's personal. And we don't have to share that with everybody. And there's a level of transparency that is also a blessing when, when people are brave enough to reveal who they are and to let, let people, let, let it be seen. And there's something on the level of we get to discern we get to have a preference on to which level and to which degree we reveal any aspects of ourselves to anybody, whether it's family, friends, the public, like on our Facebook page or social media accounts. There, I think everyone at some point is having to deal with this, this um, friction between public and private. And it's important. I think it's essential. If we look at this all as a huge blessing, we would not, we would not have catapulted and woken up as fast as we have if it weren't for social media, if it weren't for the internet giving us an opportunity to connect super fast, to learn super fast, to get triggered super fast, to want to heal super fast. Like there's, and, and, and it's not, I don't mean that fast is a virtue. I think the anomaly is slowing way down. But regardless, it, it happening so fast is, caused and sparked a massive anomaly and in anomaly is massive potential because there's every there's so much new right now everything new and 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 people are awake enough regardless of what side of any narrative they're on people know that the future matters and are wanting to invest in the future and and becoming more discerning about their decisions and 
their even the the time they spend online, what you click on, what you pay attention to, it all matters because it's all a vote for the world you want to live in. And so this this is goes deep down to preference again. We have to get used to taking up preference at, at a level that we are we've never even given ourselves permission to. And that includes how it feels. So the level that which you share anything with anyone needs to be so and wants to be and it's, it's, it's like essential for healing and for thriving for it to be so deeply subjective because you're the only one that knows on a visceral level how something feels and how it's affecting you. No one else can really monitor that for you the way that you can. You have direct access to your central nervous system and how the stimulation and what you're receiving and giving it is affecting you. And this is the level we've numbed out to in Mimic. Because in order to start mimicking and to get in Mimic and to get out of touch with our discernment, we have to start ignoring how we feel. We get numbed out to it, how, how we're responding to different things, how different foods are affecting us. If we were deeply primally in touch with that, we would eat something that made us sick and we would never eat it again because we would intuitively, that's how kids are. Or you know how when you eat something when you're younger that makes you sick or maybe any time. I, I ate plums one time that were, we had a whole bunch of plums on our tree and I just one summer ate a whole bunch of them because they were so good and I got so 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 sick I vomited and vomited and it was coming out in every direction and I didn't that was probably when I was eight years old and I didn't eat plums my whole life until about two years ago and I there my point is that the body knows we have an intelligence and a, a primal intelligence within us that has nothing to do with needing someone else to teach us it has everything to do with being alive and awake in the moment in our central nervous system. So this is the part we're reawakening to and it's going to make people uncomfortable because you're sh- as you get primal and as you shake out of mimic, it changes the entire algorithms because the whole mimic program shifts and changes and starts falling apart. It's the ultimate tower. That's the tower moment. That's what's happening right now. And it needed to happen. It's intentional it, and it's strategic. So allowing ourselves to just get in alignment with, okay, this is what's happening now. Where's my urge moving me in these energies? And that's why getting, for me, getting primal means getting intimate with the elements, getting in communion with the elements that make up our life. And this has to do with being a primal creator. And, and our relationship to primal creation. And that relationship is a lot more horizontal. And that's where new levels of bliss and Tantra. And it, it's where we weave peace. We weave it through art. We, we, we weave it through that cosmopolitan energy of, of interacting with each other and, and coming into contact with new things and new people and new thoughts and new ideas. New, new is wanted. New expanded, open, because we're creating a new world. And so that's how to navigate psychically right now and viscerally. But it it matters for those of us who, especially if you're online, and I brought up the whole public-private thing to go back to this reading, it's because I've been feeling this fault and I've been working with it. A lot of the people I work with 
either collaboratively or as clients, our, our work on the spotlight, including myself, public, private, and um, working with clients who are public or private and working with entrepreneurs or artists, like people who are building the world, who people, creative people are the ones who build the new world, who build the world we live in, whether it's new or not. They either create mimic and we, we, we enter into a deeper, a deeper level of mimic or they create innovation and something new. And so there's this energy and this pulse I have around the new coming up. And I've been feeling these sort of prominent um, grid spaces for those of you who are popping up. And literally, I, I thought of four specific people that I know and the work that they're doing. But more spirit more drew me to the, the, the grid lines they're working in and showed me that a lot of us are working in those same grids. And so I did an intuitive reading um, for each of those. Like I had a crystal that represented each of those people and I just held it and like channeled. It's just audio. So, um, but I, I posted it. They're unlisted links on YouTube. I just gave them, to, I gave them to my Abundance Matrix group and my um, email list. So I wanted those of you who listen to my podcast, most of you probably are on my email list. And if you're not, you can sign up for it in the podcast descriptions. That's how you can get my content, by the way. That's not just the podcast. Um, but I I wanted to offer it to you guys too because the, the podcast vibe is so cool. Like the people that are listening to this podcast, is it, it's like the new energy I'm pulling in. And I love it. I This space is so... It's like on the taboo fringe, but but really grounded and smart and intelligent and um, Cosmo. So it's like there's a there's a cool vibe. There's a cool vibe here. So I want I felt like a lot of you that listen to my podcast would definitely be some of these people that I channeled these messages for. So I have the um, link to that reading I have the intro video that shows like, it'll give you all the info, but I have the link to those readings in the description, um, the podcast notes or the whatever that's called the show notes of this podcast. So click there if you're interested and you can, um, you can get a hold of those readings and specifically therefore people who are public or who work with people who are public. And I'm talking work in the realms of like healing, transmutation, art, building the new world, um, and it's on the reading is on that line of discerning of discernment around public being public and private and 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 finding your your specific like urge and niche within that like how, just getting in touch with your urge there and making sure that's very honed. I would love to hear if it resonates too. So feel free to comment on the videos. You can actually comment. They're unlisted links, so they're not public, but I still read all the comments. So anyway, I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to say at all. I think I think we're good. Oh, there is one other thing I want to say. I've been creating subliminals and more ASMR stuff. So YouTube has shadow banned me. I don't really understand why. Apparently it's a huge problem going on and there's no answers really. But um, regardless, no one's seen my videos and they're not recommending them anymore. But I am still posting. I'm not posting any of my teachings on YouTube anymore, but I am posting some other creative endeavors. And I think I'm going to be on Odyssey. I've been looking for a new place to do videos and this new style that I'm doing. Rumble, I just like, I just don't like the vibe of it. I don't know what it is. Like, there was controversy around it politically, and I thought, I'm going to give it a chance anyway, though, because there's so much propaganda going around that I'll still just feel into it. And 
psychically speaking and energetically speaking, when I go on, the energy feels ultra masculine, masculine, not that that's wrong, but it just, it, it feels like it's just a war vibe and it just doesn't feel like it, it's what I want for the vibe of what I'm bringing. So I'm going to try Odyssey. And in the meantime, I've been posting, I'll still post the, the, the new stuff I'm doing, like the ASMR subliminal stuff, which by the way, has a lot of magic in them. Um, I, they're just magical. Check them out. Um, I'm doing it as unlisted link. Well, no, I'm still posting those on YouTube, but then I have other ones that I'm posting as unlisted links on YouTube. So I only send them to people on my email list and people who are in my Abundance Matrix Mastermind. So um, I think that's my only other announcement other than Lit. Depending on when you're listening to this, I still have, you can still sign up for Lit, the online course, which gives you access to the Abundance Matrix Mastermind. It's $111 and you can sign up for that until I think Sunday if you want to do this first round. And this is just me live, which I'm never, I don't know, I'll do it like this again unless I charge a lot more for it. So um, it's, yeah, it's a, it's an opportunity to be sort of more up, work with me live. And so check out those, those, that information should be in the show notes too. Okay. I think I've said enough. I feel a little delirious right now, but this was great. And I love you guys. And I'm super grateful that you listen and that you tune in. All right. Much love.